Thanks for tuning in. My name is Radio B, and you're checking out We Going In Presents with DJ 730. Um, I appreciate you tuning in. Check me out at killadreamer.com. 7.30, what up? Going in. Podcast. Uh. Richmond. Rise of Richmond rap. Look. Uh. On pins and needles, steady poking at the poltergeist. Potent raps from poets, more important than your post for likes. Token light, how they push you in machines to play the game. Once again, we ain't the same. You say my name, you might get maimed. Claim the fame, the nicest aim. Sniper range is wild though. CDs out the trunk, or we could turn the lead Malvo. Now it's holes in your shirt. I thought that was the style though. No, you niggas hate us. We gon' be here for a while though. We timeless. Dusty rap cats become assignments. We timeless. Dusty rap cats be antique. Can't speak what we put on, niggas. Hands, feet, fans weep for the crowd favorites Losing to the underdogs Crack when the thunder calls I ain't scared of none of y'all Bernie when he journeyed to the Def Jam stage Y'all scurry, always worry with the next man paid Spit a verse, put a hex on y'all Pull up in a black whip, brown chick when I flex on y'all I ain't never put respect on y'all I remember when millions first pulled up in the Lex on y'all Four heads full of bees from the sweat on y'all My good nature, good spirit gonna protect all y'all Cause if it ever gets dark, God bless all y'all. I don't stress all y'all. I don't stress at all. Cause if the loser gotta jump, I'ma let y'all fall. Going in. Welcome back to We Going In Presents. This is episode 79 with Radio B. Now this interview was actually conducted in May 2020, two days after George Floyd was murdered. And for a lot of different reasons, I fell back from podcasting and just feels like now is a great time to come back. And there's no really better way than to relaunch the We Going In podcast than with Radio B, who's one of my favorite artists, both musically and for the social stances he takes. I love this interview. We talk about a lot of important um, topics here. And I really think there's just no better way to reintroduce the We Going In podcast than with this interview. So with that, I'm going to fall back. Please enjoy this conversation with Richmond's own Radio B. Our last interview was one of my all-time favorites and with this one you know I thought that we we're going to start off talking about your piece about Ahmaud Arbery and what you what you said about him the spoken word piece that you delivered but just with the last couple of days it's like it's almost like you need a whole new piece at this point yeah you know uh somebody reached out to me um to do something collaboratively in reference to that. And, you know, I kind of, you know, I said, um, I kind of was like reluctant at first because I, I also kind of wanted to refrain from doing it because I didn't want it to feel like I was, you know, being opportunistic. You know, it's like, I don't want to be that guy. Like, you know, it's like the other one got so much attention that it's like if I turn around and do it, again I feel kind of like it makes it feel like I'm milking it kind of even though it's 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 very you know it's just authentic it's it's from the heart even when I did the Maude Arbery piece it was like literally the moment that I got all the details of the situation um that piece just kind of spilled out um and then it was just a matter of for me going and recording it. Um, 
and you know i i knew once it was done that it would be impactful um I didn't know that it would get the reach that it got, but I knew it would be impactful to people that saw it. Um, and, you know, this situation is just, you know, even more devastating, um, you know, just just watching it occur and the, 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 the proximity and time to what we just experienced with Amara Arbery and then um, also, you know, with the Central Park um, situation, um, it's just, you know, it, it's just really jarring. Um, it, it, it's really jarring and, uh, it's, it's kind of, it's beyond tiring and exhausting. Um, so these are all the words that, that I, I feel about it. Um, I'm actually, you know, I, I start, I'm finishing up a project, so I kind of like reserve the writing about this for for the project. It's probably gonna be like the the record I close the project out with um that I talk about this situation specifically. But um that's kind of where I'm at with it. It's just yeah, it's incensing. For sure. And you know when you when I initially saw the video I never I never took like any kind of angle that you were trying to be opportunistic. Like I thought that what you did like is what any great poet or artist can do. Like you're able to take the thoughts that other people have or ideas and really make it, put it in a way that's both like poetic and makes sense. And I thought you, I thought that's what you did. And I think that's why it got so much love. So I think, I think what, I think what you did is not opportunistic, but like putting it in a way that most people are feeling, but maybe, aren't able to communicate the way you are, the way you use words. Right. And I don't feel like anyone um, thought that that piece was, but I, I just feel like when you kind of go to the well, you know, it's like, even though I'm, you know, I, I feel just as passionate or more passionate about this situation and I could write about it um, and I could do another piece. Um, but I feel like, you know, then it's, it starts to look just to people and perception wise, you know, because people always have something to say. And at the same time, I shouldn't care. Um, but I just don't, it's just like when you're dealing with something that's so sensitive, then you, then you kind of like, well, 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 what else can I do? You know, how else can I express myself than to do that again? Because I don't want to feel like it's contrived at all. Um, and that's just, you know, that's just my own, you know, mindset, and because I know that I, I, I've, I've seen some people do some, some contrived things around very serious issues, and I, I, I'm not as appreciative of those things that, 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 you know, scream for personal attention. So it's just like, <clears throat> then I feel like I'm, I'm writing around that too instead of just writing what I feel like I did the first time. So it's just like, I just leave it alone and just speak on it through whatever creative medium I feel like is appropriate at the appropriate time. So I think it's going to end up just coming out, uh, you know, my feelings about this are definitely coming out, but they're going to come out probably in the music as opposed to like that same medium. No doubt. And, you know, I would imagine that, you know, on one hand, it's bittersweet, right? Like to see 
that you're getting love from guys like Pusha T for your work, but like you also, you know, you don't want it to be be getting be getting props from, you know, the murder of Ahmaud Arbery. So like when you when you look at that, what did it mean to you though that people were recognizing the message that you were sending and, and giving you giving you real props for it? Um, it was it was you know it was great because um, you know it, it's like a, a combination of your work being appreciated, but also just that you're on the same page with people, um, and that you know you would hope that um, any human being um, that sees this um, it resonates with them on some level or another. Like if you're if you're a black American then it resonates with you, you know, one way. Um, if you're, you know, a white American, then it can resonate with you on a human level and, and an empathetic level. Um, and, you know, and I appreciate that as well. You know, so it's, um, for me, it's anyone that actually can acknowledge it. Of course, it's great for people like Teddy Riley and No Malice and June Ambrose and, you know, like all of that is just great. Um, you know, even got a message from Kevin Nash. Um, so it's like, you know, these are people that I either looked up to or look up to or, um, you know, with Teddy Riley, he's just a complete musical legend. Um, so it's, it's, it's a great feeling, um, you know, uh, Sean, um, so it's, it, there's just so much that, you know, it's like, and then also know that because these people are sharing it, so many other people are going to get to see it and, and hopefully it, you know, makes them feel away. you know, the people really, you know, it, it, it gave people something, um, it empowered some people. Um, and it comforted some people. So um, that's that's the main thing when you're when when you're writing from that pers- that space and about an issue that's that sensitive. You you want it to have you know some real like human level impact as opposed to just views. So yeah, no, and I think you definitely accomplished that. And you know, looking at looking at the way that you even filmed the video. Um, I'm curious because like I've run in Richmond a lot, you know, the marathon, the half marathon, stuff like that. Um, do you run in Richmond? Is running a part of like your fitness routine? Yeah, I, I do the 10K um, every year. Um, the Monument Avenue 10K. Um, I've done it for the last, I think maybe four years. Um, I, the funny thing about that though, is that people know me for like, I'm a, I'm a natural runner in the sense of like, I don't run throughout the year necessarily, unless I feel impelled to, but I run leading up to the 10K. Like, so maybe like the three weeks leading up to the 10K, I run, I go run just to get, you know, just to make sure that I'm in shape to run but it never was a thing of mine but i love it though but the interesting thing about that is prior to that i had been running with my fiance like every morning 
So it was interesting at that when like right before that happened. So it definitely resonated with me on that level too because it's like, yo, we just been is we've just been doing this. This is what we've been doing. And and I do it and I have a path. You know, I took her on my path and I finally showed her my path. But she doesn't she's not really a runner. She'll you know, she'll jog a little bit, walk a bit, she do the, you know, ellipticals and stuff in the gym, but she's not like an outside runner. So I had been taking her on my path and you know, so for that to happen when it happened, it was like specific, very specific for me. Um, so, so yeah, it definitely, you know, running is definitely something that people know me for, even though it's not something that I do all throughout the year. And when you think about that, I mean, do you do you think that you have to make decisions about how you run that white people don't have to think about because of that white privilege to say like, I'm going to go on these routes. So I'm going to go this time of the day. I mean, are those thoughts that cross your mind if you're going out for a run? They, they always cross my mind though. That's not, that's, that's, that's the funny thing that they're, this is not, this has not made me any more, you know, leery and I don't feel scared or anything like that, but, I know that thoughts cross my mind that a white man would never have to think. Like, I know that. I know that I thought things just because I was out running about police, about, you know, whether or not they would question me. Because, you know, I don't always throw on, like, running clothes. Like, I'm not a runner. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I might run in, like, some sweatpants and a hoodie. You know what I'm saying? Instead of like all of the paraphernalia that goes with a runner necessarily. You know what I'm saying? So I'm very casual about mine. Like whatever's comfortable, I'm gonna throw it on and I'm gonna go run my three miles and or my four miles, depending upon where I'm at. So it's like um it's definitely crossed my mind often. Um, like, you know, could I be perceived as to be doing something else other than just jogging, that always crossed my mind. So so for me to say at the beginning of that, am I not allowed to jog now? It wasn't until you asked me that question that really made me say like, this actually is not, that was like, it's like me asking that question was very rhetorical. Like I've known that this is, this is always a possibility. And And in my mind, I know that any encounter with the police can be something that is extreme and dangerous for me. I've seen it. I've I've been running and seen an encounter, not like where it was like any like anything aggressive, but I've seen a a black man being questioned by the police on the side of the road while I'm running and literally just be in concern, like, you know, like, damn, like, I don't know what that is about. I don't know what they're talking about, but that shit is bothersome to me. You know what I'm saying? So it, yeah, it's a reality. It's always been a reality. And Richmond too is, is a spot similar to Charlottesville that has very different pockets in it. And a lot of, you know, there's a lot of problematic issues that are in Richmond, similar to Charlottesville. And so looking at that, you know, what kind of response do you think like that, you know, your music gets in Richmond as well as like, are there parts of Richmond that you tend to avoid in general? 
um, whether it's like restaurants with the family or where you might go running or just where you go in general? I don't, I truthfully don't, I don't avoid any place in Richmond. Um, I don't have any reason to avoid any place in Richmond. Richmond does, I don't, I don't feel that way. I just know that I just, like I live in Henrico, you know, so it's very diverse, but it's still, it's still majority white, but I don't feel like, I don't feel concerned. It's just, it's just when I, so when I say this, this is just the norm though. You understand what I'm saying? Like, I might not be like afraid or where I feel like I gotta like, I don't know how to explain it. I may not feel like I have to avoid a situation. It's just these things cross my mind. Like they're, they're just, they're just thoughts. Like they're literally like, it's something I have to be considerable. I have to consider these things. I may not, I may not change how I operate because I'm used to it. I'm a black man in America. There's always something to be think to think about about that that considers race for me. Always, always. There's this always. This is always a thought, and that's that's the that is what privilege is. Privilege is. I don't have to think about that. You know. You think that more people especially looking at people who, you know, have the most privilege, looking at white people, white males, are confronting and acknowledging their privilege now in the wake of what's going on with coronavirus, with what's gone on um, with the murders the last couple weeks, with what went on in Central Park with um, Christian Cooper and Amy Cooper. Do you think more people are acknowledging their privilege? Do you see that happening more? Uh, I can't say whether or not I see it happening. I don't, you know, to me, this looks like anything else playing out on social media than that, just like we've seen in the past. So I see people that, you know, express their empathy for black folks. And I see people that, you know, question, you know, what was going on outside of what they can see that might have justified what occurred. So, and I just see outright just racist things that are also being said so um no i mean i don't i don't know that there's any difference that there's any difference necessarily to come i don't see that i don't see it i don't know what's going to happen um but i don't see that i don't i i and hopefully you know and maybe it's just because i can't see it yet but you know i just don't i don't I don't have any faith that that's happening. Right. No, I, I totally understand that. And in the wake of everything that's been going on with just the stay at home orders and being, you know, um, you know, everyone's been home a lot. How have you and the family been handling that? And what's that been like? Um, yeah, you know, for me, it's been um, I stay at home a lot. because I take care of my mom. Um, I'm my mom's full-time caretaker. Um, so because she has lupus and COPD and a number of other things, immune deficiency, um, I have to be very careful um, that I don't, you know, can 
contract anything. So I don't really go anywhere. Um, I was often home anyway because I take care of her, but it's just now I just really don't go anywhere. I, I go to the grocery store, um, but um, a lot of times I try to, you know, even avoid having to do that. Um, so I, I don't really get the, I don't go to the studio. I don't, I, in fact, I, you know, my fiance got me some uh, finished stuff, like, because I had given my mic away and stuff like that that I record at home. So it's like I have all of that back. Um, and I've been recording references at the house just to get just to get the music out. Um, so I don't go anywhere. Yeah, so it's been different. And, and then because of Corona, um, we 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 lost uh, my uncle, my mom's brother, um, and you know that that's been very impactful on my family. He's uh, my favorite uncle on both sides of my family, um, somebody I'm extremely, extremely close to, probably outside of my parents, probably the person that loved me the most on this planet. So that's been definitely uh, a difficult thing to deal with um, and not being able to, you know, have a funeral and, um, you know, he lives in New York. So all of that has been handled from a distance so my cousin and I have been handling his wishes and his business and I've been having help with that from a distance and it's just been that's just been a very difficult piece but um so yeah I mean this whole thing has been very very impactful and difficult to, to navigate um I've been able to maintain a high level of productivity um, amidst it, uh, which has been great for Rapidly and, um, you know, other things that I've been, you know, doing. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm blessed in that respect, and that's cool, and it's kept me, kept my, kept me busy, kept my mind, you know, um, engaged. Um, so it, it's been a time. Well, I'm really sorry to hear that. My condolences to you and your family. I appreciate that. Do you feel too like, you know, hopefully, you know, because when, when I saw when I saw about that on Facebook, I saw that you posted something that also said, I hope this helps people take it more seriously and realize that this is real because around that time, it was still really early on and there was almost this like belief. I mean, we see it now today too, with people not wearing masks or saying, you know, if I get it, I get it. But this belief that like, it's not going to affect me. It's affecting other people. Like I'm fine. You know, do you feel like, like, like your, your uncle's passing helped more people realize and, and you know, that, that you're in, in touch with and that are in your circle, that this is something real that we really need to take seriously. Um, maybe to some extent, um, but I think, you know, my friends have been respecting it, um, you know, whether they have their own ideas about origins or, or you know, any of the things surrounding it. Um, I think everyone that's in my camp has been, you know, really respecting it in the sense of, like, keeping their distance and doing the proper precautions that are necessary to keep themselves and the people around them safe. So I didn't really have um, 
an issue with that um, among the people that, I mean, my friends are all very level-headed folks. So even if, you know, they think, you know, they're going to do the better safe than sorry type of thing, regardless of what their beliefs might be. Um, I don't know if me expressing what happened with my uncle hit home with anyone in that, in that way. Um, I can't say that it was expressed to me that it, 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 you know, that it, it had any type of change on someone's approach to it. Um, I think this is one of those things that, you know, it's easy for people to be cognitively dissonant on unless it hit home for them or somebody that they know, you know, um, for all of the folks that have had someone in their family or somebody very close to them that's been impacted or they were impacted themselves, have, are all, they all have a different type of talk about this than, than others. Um, I think if once it, you know, once it becomes real in that way, then it, it totally changes um, how you view it. It just and for me, it was always serious though I was super serious about it from the very beginning. I was one of the first people that was doing events that shut down an event locally um because of it. I had an event that um was supposed to go on probably a couple of days after like the first case hit Virginia, so it really was like nobody had it, but it was but I shut the event down. I canceled the event just because, you know, my whole thought process was who knows who has it. Um, and I don't want to be <clears throat> responsible for getting people together in a room. And that being the catalyst for many other people getting sick. So I've been very serious about this um, since the beginning. No, I think, I think that's great. And, you know, you look at what you've built with RVA Rap Elite and the following and the participation and just the excitement around that, around, you know, the greater Richmond area. How have you creatively tried to keep that buzz going when you can't have shows and ciphers um, and anything in person? Um, we, uh, we did this... Uh competition uh the rapidly madness tournament which was 64 mcs um that was the first thing that we did after lockdown began and that lasted uh, about five or six weeks um and it was super popular like uh we got so much engagement from it and it was uh, incredibly entertaining um where we just basically paired up all the MCs and brackets and, you know, had them submit their verses each week. Um, and so we got all the way down to one, uh, an MC by the name of OC. He won the entire, uh, contest. So basically they sent videos in, um, 60 second videos that I'm rapping over the, over the instrumental that we provided. Um, and it was hella competitive. Um, we're still kind of like on a little, like, high like staff is just like ah oh, man it feels like after the super bowl is over we don't know what to do on sundays anymore because we don't have you know rapidly managed to follow so um the other thing that we've been doing um with that that one really did a lot for us 
as far as keeping uh, keeping us visible, keeping the energy and the morale high between the staff and between the you know the scene and the culture. Um, and then we started um, during that process. We started uh, rapidly uh, live, uh, which is uh, pretty much a Monday through Friday IG live show. Um, every day of the week we do something different. So. Mondays we do interviews. I've interviewed people like Mad Skills, um, uh, B Dot, uh, Loso, which is URL MCs from Smack, um, a bunch of cool people. Um, and then Tuesdays we do like a live playlist where we. Uh, not only Spielberg hosted, and he basically creates a playlist of all independent uh, Virginia hip hop. Um, he allows you know MCs to to send their music in. He plays their music, and he just goes live, and he's playing their music for a couple of hours. Um, Wednesday, we were using that as a recap day for the tournament. But now that the tournament is over, as of today, we started a new series where we. Um, interviewing local artists, uh, Richmond MCs or Virginia MCs that have, you know, a project that's out or something that they're working on. Um, so Spielberg interviewed uh, Henny Lowe today, um, who just put out, from Mutant Academy, just put out a project uh, with uh, Obliv called Sages, which is really dope. Um, and then Thursday, Name Brand hosts the Producers Lounge, which is like an open beat cypher, so producers just sync up with him and play their beats. Um, and then Friday, we do an open cypher where I host and MCs uh, sync up with me on IG Live and, and kick bars. Um, so so Monday through Friday, that's what we do. That's how, we, that's how we're keeping active um, and just tr- trying to continue to keep, uh, keep the platform open to artists. We're actually going to be shooting the open cypher though next not this coming Sunday but the following Sunday at the dark room but it'll be a private thing um where the MCs that are in the open cypher uh just come and record their verse we'll have the DJ and everybody there to film it and um well obviously we'll be practicing social distancing and keeping a very limited number of people in the room at a time um we just wanted to make sure the season doesn't get, you know, completely uh, washed out. Um, we had so much momentum around um, the rapidly open cypher season and the, MV, the road to MVP and all of that. So we, we really don't want to lose, you know, lose that steam. So, um, so that's what we worked out with the dark room. So excited to get that ball rolling. That's incredible. And and from what I've seen just with the interviews that I've been doing for the podcast and talking to artists that this time has given a lot of a lot of artists time to kind of regroup, kind of refocus on goals, time to be more creative. Um, do you find that that's happening with you and other artists that you work with through, you know, Rap Elite and everything else that you do that, you know, there's a little bit more focus and energy and, t- and time to really devote to this? Absolutely. Um, it definitely, um, for those of us that, you know, are not, you know, that are just active and we're, you know, don't really know how to be um, docile when it comes to 
you know, being an artist and just being creative, um, it's forced us to um, think outside the box and just be a little more intentional um, and just experiment a bit um, and just have fun with things. I think it kind of forces you to go back to the things that you enjoy. Um, you know, I've I've been able to have a deeper connection with music um, during this time. It's 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 allowed me to reconnect with music in a way where I just could be a fan of music in general, whether it be hip hop or otherwise, um, and just playing music for the sake of playing music and enjoying it, and just realizing how much there how much therapy there there is in it as opposed to it being something that I do. Um, so that's been helpful. Um, and a couple of things have contributed to that. Um, one, I started a series called Ox Wars, um, Ox Wars with Radio B. So I have a, there's a page for that where <clears throat> basically Ox Wars is something that me and the homies do at my house um, when we have like cookouts or any kind of like um, occasion where I have people over, we end up getting into these little ox war tournaments where people plug up the ox and, you know, we just play music against each other, like, you know, like kind of like DJ battles. Um, and it's always like crazy fun for us um, in person. So it was something that since the beginning of this lockdown, I've been wanting to like experiment with doing on, um, on live. So we just started it, um, and it started with me and Kane, um, and then every week we just started doing it, and I had to create a page for it specifically because IG likes to shut shit down, and I figured if I was going to have a bunch of triggers on <laughs> a lot of sh- shutdowns, I'd rather it be on a on a separate page than my actual, you know, Radio Blitz IG. Um, so it's kind of taken on a brand of its own, where it wasn't even intended for that. It was really just intended for like fun um, with my friends that I can't get, you know, in a room with. Um, But it's been, it's been something that's also really cool and it's allowed me to really reconnect with music. Also watching the Versus series that Swiss and Tim um, started that's helped a lot of people um, reconnect with music in a different way. Um, So yeah, it's been, it's, it's been a thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a thing. Yeah, no, yeah, I was saying it's been a thing. Um, just just reconnecting with different different types of or forms of creativity and just reconnecting with music, and then also having um, you know my home studio back together, um, at least to be able to record references has also opened um, my mind up a lot when it comes to this, like, being creative and forced me to, to write a little bit more. And so it's, it's, it's definitely been a good time when it comes to that. Yeah, I thought the Oxford was a great idea. And it, it's cool to see, like, the playlists and, and what what you what you decide to play and, like, what someone like Cole Hicks decides to play. So I thought that's another great idea. And what I really appreciate is the way that you're finding creative ways to not just engage like Richmond artists, but like what you've done for so long is continuing to champion Richmond hip hop. 
Right. No, absolutely. Um, I'm I'm big on the the Rise of Richmond rap uh, campaign, and we we were putting that that mixtape together, and that was supposed to be released uh, around the time when all of this started as well. Um, so we're about to get back into that, so we can at least release it digitally. Our idea with that was to you know collect these songs from you know all these artists in Richmond and put it on like physical CDs like back in the day and just kind of like put them in gas stations and mom and pops and hand them out and, you know, just kind of get back into the street thing. And not to say that we can reverse engineer technology, but just to give a feel, you know, um, that hasn't been felt in a while, at least while we can, because I mean, CDs are going to go away soon, (laughs) but, um, I think at this point we can still get away with that um, and, and create some energy. Um, so we were going to release it digitally and physically. Um, but obviously, you know, the the street team aspect is just not not in the cards right now. Um, so we are going to look to finish putting it together and release it digitally. That's awesome. And yeah, I mean, in Richmond, you guys still got one of the last plan nines that's still going, which is always cool to like check out whenever I'm there. Um, Cause you, you know, who knows how long these CD shops are really going to last. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's bittersweet. Now with, with everything going on right now, you know, obviously like the battle scene has definitely kind of paused and and they're trying to find ways to be creative with socially distant battles at this point. But you had a great battle with Sean Hoffa. Do you ever want to get back into more battles and, and look, look at that kind of Avenue? Um, yeah, I mean, they're getting back to it now. They just uh, started their, um, um, they're mad. They have a madness tournament too. Um, with like 16 MCs that are like upcoming, and they've been branding it really well. And they just did their first uh, round of that this past weekend. Um, you know, yes, I, I definitely am open to battling again. Um, I, you know, I run a battle league, so I'm always it's always a possibility that I can battle on my own league. Um, and it is a possibility that I could battle on URL again if they call me with the right offer. And, I, and when I say that, it's not about money necessarily, and it's not about it being some significant name that's probably not going to happen, but it does need to be the right stage. You know, it needs to be the right situation. I'm not doing any more proving grounds battles or in any of that type of, like, platform it needs to be you know a main stage battle um born legacy or something of that nature so um you know we'll see if if that's something that they're interested in obviously i mean like i said they've got you know with their partnership with caffeine and then the app that they have now they've got a lot of things going on and they've got a lot of talent that they can you know kind of trend, you know go from one to the other with um, I don't feel like I don't feel like I've ever gotten my just due on the, in the URL system. Um, there's a lot of politics that over there too, um, as there are in pretty much everything. But um, I feel like you know my two uh, 
appearances on the URL stage were impactful in the building. Um, but, you know, it's kind of like they, they push who they want to push, how they want to push them. So um, it's just one of those kinds of situations. So for me, I'm just not really like, I'm not going to just take anything. It gotta, it's got to be right. Um, so we'll see if that ever happens. Um, but if not, um, I'm definitely probably going to battle on my league at some point. I don't know, but I'm not pressed. There's so much stuff that I have going on um, and that I've, like, got my hands in and more stuff that I'm not even really – that I'm supposed to be working on and I'm not even really working on yet that it's like I don't even know when I can get my mind around preparing, you know, nine to 12 minutes of, like, battle rap. Right. No, I'd imagine that's a totally different writing mentality. So, like, how is the music coming? The the new music, new project that you that you alluded to earlier in the interview coming. Well, I'm working on like I'm working on like five projects. To be honest with you, um, I'm working on um, the one I'm looking to finish up first is this project called All Learning Pretty, um, and it's completely produced by a producer that I really just came in contact with. His name is Prince Gray. He's not very well known out here, but he's uh, incredible, actually. Um, and I, I have a I have a history of kind of like, I don't even know how to explain it. I want to say finding producers, but I don't find them. They find me somehow. Like, somehow we just and I don't even say that they, like, seek me out. It's just kind of like, I don't know, man. <laughs> they just, I just, we just come together. Um, somewhere in between my projects, I usually come in contact with, like, another crazy producer, and we develop a relationship and end up, you know, either they produce a project for me or produce the bulk of my next project. And that's kind of how my sound evolves. Um, and then they get, you know, kind of they get worked into the rest of the producers that I work with on a regular basis, which is all which all have pretty much come about the same way. Um, so I'm very excited about that project. Um, also um, working on an EP with Dan Ran um, that he's completely producing um, called Dirt Under God's Nails. Um, and that's like a pure like raw rap type of situation. All Art Ain't Pretty is like really very, very, very introspective, personal pain. Like it's it's just one of those like real like personal projects. Um, and I'm working on uh, pyramid building, which is like an all collaborative like posse cuts like from top to bottom, like all posse cuts um, with myself and like just all the dopest MCs in Richmond that I can find that I can put in a room at a time and do these songs. So like the first four songs, it was like I just pulled up at Michael Williams' crib and like he's always got rappers over there. There's always people like recording. So it's like I get there and it's like, oh, there's three people in there. Like, oh yeah, y'all are the dudes I'm looking for. Like you, you and you, we're going to do this song. So like, <laughs> that's how 
that's how the records have been coming together to the point where, I'm, like, I go over there to record something else, and I'm like, oh, Cole Hicks is here. Oh, Ella Styles is here. You know, Any Lowe is here. Okay, let's do a record. And we do it. And it's being completely produced by J.L. Hodges, who produced uh, Jesus Never Wore Suit, but he got in this real, like, grimy bag. So, like, all the beats are just really raw. Um, so I'm excited about that one because that's going to be just, like, bar heavy. Um, yeah, so it's, that's going to be crazy. And then I just started working on this project called Black Lavender, uh, which is just, like, an ode to, like, Black music and just soulful and, um, I don't know, it's just it's just a real, like, dedication to Blackness. Um, so... Those are like what's on my plate right now musically. That's awesome. And I love the song that you put out, Rise of Richmond Rap, where you really detailed the history of hip hop in Richmond and also gave props about the future of Richmond. Um, how did that song do for you? And, and do you feel like that really helped um, kind of situate the scene for others? Um, you know what's crazy? I feel like that, um, I love that song, right? And that song is actually for the project with Sam Rand, Dirt Under God's Nails. Um, but I don't feel like, I feel like it underperformed as far as like just impact. Um, and I don't know if that was how how it was rolled out or maybe there was a lot of other things that I was doing that was going on. I feel like, you know, it definitely hit home with a lot of people, but I just, it just didn't have the impact that I feel like that record deserves um, in Richmond, me personally. Um, and maybe it's just hasn't had it, you know, maybe, you know, sometimes people are just late to the party. Um, and maybe when the album comes out, you know, it has a another run or maybe there, maybe when I drop that's the other thing. I want, it really is a record that I feel like deserves a really solid visual, and I didn't get a chance to do that. Um, uh, so that's definitely going to happen, and I'm sure that will give that record um, a, a lot of light when I do it, if I do it the way that I really have in my mind to get it done. So um, I, I think that it's definitely a record that's a, a, it's a Richmond staple in the in the sense of like what the content is and just the feel of it, I feel like it can be a Richmond staple, but I just don't feel like it's 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 getting that type of recognition just yet. Um, but we'll see. And one of the question marks that I had just listening to the song is, what exactly happened with Little Wayne in Richmond? <laughs> oh, um, man, I was still in high school during that time. Um, but the story goes that I can't remember the story in, in detail, so I'll just summarize it. But basically, um, you know, Cash Money was here, uh, Juvie Wayne was performing. Um, and I don't know if that what, what happened, why there was some drawing going on between them and the people off stage. Uh, or in the crowd, I should say. Um, but I remember, like, you know, just from what I was told, it got heated, and, you know, Wayne kind of, like, 
kicked at somebody off the stage and they, they got a hold of his leg and pulled him in. Um, and, you know, just all hell broke loose and, you know, they, they took his chain and, and, you know, some other things went on from that point, um, that I do remember being told vividly, um, about how, you know, how that whole thing had to be like squashed or how we got, how we got, how, how folks got out of there. Um, so I, you know, me not being present, I don't like to speak on details too much, but, um, it just got crazy. Um, and I do remember people talking about the chains being passed around, you know, for a, a long period of time after that. Um, and, but that's not like the only person that that's happened to, you know, in Richmond. So they have become a reputation um, of things like that um, occurring in Richmond. Um, so, it's, you know, in the song, I say it's something that we're not proud of. Um, but these are things that happen. And one of the reasons why Richmond is not a favorable place for, for artists to come to as well. Um, so, you know, in the record, I'm, I'm basically kind of saying like, you know, it's not really like that no more, you know, and, um, you know, we can be trusted, you know? Um, so it's just, it's, it's, that's really where that comes from. It's just the stories that get told in the city. No doubt. And I enjoyed seeing your post about your Whole Foods listening party, the Whole Foods LP about seven years ago, where your mom surprised you. Um, by spitting a verse on stage during during the release party, what was that like? And did that did that catch you off guard? Oh yeah, definitely caught me off guard. Um, super caught me off guard. Um, and it was just it was just a just a really like wonderful moment and super touching. And um, you know, it was it was it was really cool. Um, I think, you know, everybody was impacted by it and it was just a great way to, uh, great, you know, uh, cap to, you know, what was already a really cool day.